Welcome to Reality Tea Times Two, the podcast where we discuss all the trash reality TV we love to hate. I'm Tanika, and today we are going to be discussing Young, Famous, and African, episode three and four. So we don't have anything really to discuss off the top, so we're just going to jump right into the episode. So this is season two, episode three, titled Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend. Not my best friend. Anyway, <laughs> not this diamond, but anyway. So right off the top, Zari is gossiping about Tubaba and the whole situation with him and Annie. And I mean, again, hate is going to hate, right? I mean, not that she's wrong in gossiping because, I mean, if you don't want people talking about your business, then don't create the stuff to talk about. However, Zari and Annie are not friends, so it's just even that more just horrible. But yeah, so that's what's happening. And then in this is the part, finally, where Swanky tells us what's been going on from his perspective with his friendship with Annie. So this is what happened. So after the first season of Young Famous and African in Nigeria, Swanky and Annie, I guess we're talking about doing kind of this press type event launching this the show and just kind of you know doing something similar to that and in planning this event which they were doing together swanky was on the phone with someone he doesn't tell us who that person was we do find out later on but for right now, I won't say who, but he is on the phone with somebody. And while he's on the phone with this person, he, I guess, gets told by this person that Annie is calling him. So this person is mutual person between the two of them who is assisting them on planning this event. So this person, this anonymous person, is telling Swanky Annie's calling. So I guess he goes over there and I guess in a way, I don't know if this person the three away Annie in without Annie realizing it. Cause I mean, you can do that pretty easily, especially on a smartphone. If you, so I can only go from a Samsung perspective, but you can do that pretty easily without anyone knowing, but he must've brought Annie into this call and he's unaware that she was on the call with Swanky on the phone. She didn't know this, from what I'm understanding from Swanky's perspective. And he tells us that in this conversation that Annie thought she was having only with this person, this anonymous person, she starts talking a lot of nonsense 
and then proceeds to say, can we just X wanky out of this event altogether and just I plan it with you, no swanky. So this is what we're, we're hearing. And again, there's more to this. This gets built up upon, but from right now, from episode three, this is Swanky's idea of what happened. So next, we're with Annie and Andalay. And Andalay has a podcast, and he says, with everything that's kind of going on right now with you at Two Baba, we're not getting your side of what's going on. We're not getting from your perspective what you're feeling with everything that's going on. Everyone's talking about your life, but you're not talking about your life. No one's really giving you the opportunity to do that. So I'm going to give you the opportunity to do that. And you're going to come on my podcast and you're going to tell us how you feel. This is what Andale basically is trying to do. So Annie agrees to doing this podcast. And she really does go into the fact that, you know, this is my husband. These are my children. And my children are being affected by the gossiping that's going on with their father and this, as she puts it, this rumor that's untrue going around about my husband having another child on the way. That's not with me. And she said, this affects my family. And she's basically saying, I'm, I'm tired of it. Like, I'm tired of all of this. And basically, I, I, I was thinking in this moment, according to her, he was with her when he had these five children. I believe he has five children that are with her. And then he has two with her. So he had these five children, one with you. And you know this. You're well aware before, I don't mean, I don't know the timeline in terms of when she had her first and when he had these others, but because it's not very clear as to whether her children were younger or somewhere in the middle of these other children that he has. But I believe her oldest is no more than, I don't know, I can't remember now, maybe 14. And she's saying that this has been going on from pretty much the beginning of their relationship, I guess, in a sense. So... My thing is, is you knew what you're getting yourself into. And the fact that you think that he's going to stop, why would he? And again, like, I don't know what conversations they have between themselves as a married couple. That's not our business, but we do not need to be privy to those things. But I do wonder if he's just taking advantage of the fact that I can get away with these things because she allows me to get away with these things. But again, as I mentioned in a previous episode of the previous episode of this was when it comes to marriages and different cultures, and this is a very different culture, it's I, I don't know, it's hard to know where to go there, but just for the fact that like Connie seems to have this idea of she's this very traditional, 
Nigerian wife and she's going to stick by her man no matter what her man does, it kind of goes to show that maybe you can break away from this, but she's choosing not to break away from this. And I mean, that's her choice. (laughs) I just, I think my issue is like, you, you can tell that she is so unhappy with certain things that are going on in their relationship and she just deals with it. That there's certain things underneath the surface for her that maybe she hasn't addressed. Yeah, that's basically where we are with that. And just to kind of say just right off the top, we never really get an answer as to whether or not he actually did get another woman pregnant. I don't know in terms of when this was filmed, as to when this aired, if this child has been born yet, if tests have been done. I don't know. Maybe we'll figure that out with the third season. I believe this has been renewed for a third season. I might be wrong here, but I think it has. And maybe we'll get some answers in the next season, but we never really find out what's going on there. Then we're with Diamond and Fantana. And they're meeting up. And that's what it's a preface. Angela and Zari also meet up separate from this and they have other conversations. But again, nothing's really coming from this. They're making the decision to squash whatever was going on with them, be done with it. We're not entertaining this anymore because if if we do, Diamond's going to kill me <laughs> and he's going to get real mad. So I'm just going to end this here. But meanwhile... Diamond and Fantana are meeting up, and they are meeting up at his place. And, yeah. Let's just say this is going to be a very weird situation. But Diamond, as we find out, especially in this season, is also very much just a shitster. He says one thing to one person, then says another thing to another person. And then when that first person wants to confront the other person, he's like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. That's kind of the thing that happens here. So the reason why I say this is because what he's about to tell Fantana comes back and is actually kind of a recurring thing throughout the season. So Diamond tells Fantana that Zari wants a third child with him. And this is weird because we've never heard anything about this. It's not unusual, I guess, to have that type of dynamic. I mean, we've seen this with the Kardashians. Like the one thing we'll say about them is that they tend to have all of their children with one man, they want to keep that consistent see going, even if they're not with that person. I think the only difference here is like, I know very, very recently that Courtney announced that she's pregnant, but she's married. So whatever. Um, Kim, she was also married to, I'm not going to go there because I'm about to say something else. I don't want to say that. She's married to Kanye. <laughs> And they had all their kids. So, so it's not unusual that maybe a woman might want to do that. Just, you know, not to say they were in a relationship, but because all of my children are already with you, 
why make this an odd situation and have a child with somebody else and make them feel like an odd duck in the mix? I can understand that. I mean, at the end of the day, you don't have to do it this way, but if you choose to do it this way, by all means, that's your business. What I'm confused by is, number one, why is Diamond telling Fantana this? You barely know this woman, and you're telling her about a what I would assume is a very private conversation between you and the mother of your children. Why are you telling her this? What kind of shit are you trying to stir here? This comes back, like I said, this is a recurring thing throughout the season, and it does come to a head. Um, so then Fantana and Diamond kiss. Great. <laughs> and then they go upstairs. And that's the end of that scene. And we never really get confirmation as to what happened while they were up there, but I think we're all adults. I think we can figure out where it potentially could have gone. And I'm thinking, again, honey, you could do so much better than this person. But anyway, so then we see that Tubaba has come to South Africa with his two daughters, with Annie. And she's excited. She's happy. She picks them up at the airport. Not really the airport because they got a private jet, but she picks them up at the airplane. (laughs) So... Uh, she's very happy and she's excited and yeah. So it's kind of out there naked and Andale, they're playing basketball. So again, I think from my memory of the scene is that in just true naked fashion, there's always has to be a conversation about sex. Again, men, but like, <laughs> there's always a conversation about the sex with him. And I guess he makes a comment that, you know, his dick is therapy for Kaylee and it calms her down. And I say, sir, dick is not therapy. It's nothing but a distraction. It's not going to take away from the problems that you have. Okay, so maybe don't deal with your problems for, you know, the 30 minutes out of a day. Well, how about the rest of the 23 and a half hours of the day. You know what I mean? Like, your problems are still there, so you have to deal with them. And the fact that he's 40-odd and hasn't figured that out is just really stressing me out for the future. (laughs) But it's... He's so dumb. Anyway, I don't hate him by any means, but sometimes he annoys me. But anyway. Okay, so then... Lewis joins. This is where we see... Him starting to wedge himself into the group, um, and and again, I guess I may have missed this from the first episode, but clearly Andale did something wrong. <laughs> again, guys, I watched this episode a long time ago, but I think Andale must have. Yes, so the whole situation between Andale and Sari and Diamond caused Lewis to not be able to have his speech that he worked so hard on. And he says that, Lewis says that, Andale stole his moment. Like, what? <laughs> like, he's all about his moments in this. And it's like, calm down. But anyway, 
then Swanky comes and they talk about everything. And, you know, he keeps talking about Lewis. He's talking about the speech. And they say to him, well, maybe we couldn't tell the speech at the party, but you can tell us here. Watch the speech here. And he does. And guys, I wrote it down. <laughs> and this is the speech. He says, Kani Mabu, you were slain before we had slay queens. You were influencing before we had the age of influencers. You were blinging before there was Instagram and Twitter. You are the original blueprint. Here's a toast to the queen of bling. And then I just thought, brava, brava. What the hell was this? This was the stupidest speech. It was, I mean, sir, if this is her idea of a speech, I don't know what your day job is, but stick to it. Don't don't write speeches again because this sucked. <laughs> All of, and also him pissing and moaning over that. <sighs> okay, well, you know, that's that was a speech and it was great. Anyway, moving right along. So the next scene we have Ventana, Nadia, sorry. Oh, hang, Connie, Kaylee, meeting up, and they will be painting a half-naked man. Yay. <laughs> and he's a trooper. He was, you know, and everyone's like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm not clutching my pearls. But, you know, it's not a whole lot really from my memory happened here. But I think, like, we could kind of, see this tension between Nadia and Bohang about the fact that they both dated the same guy, I guess, but nonetheless, it seemed like a pretty decent situation between everybody <laughs> for the most part. Um, but I do think they do talk about the fact that Annie was supposed to be there. And I think at some point she does get there, but we're doing this back and forth now between the men of basketball and the women painting the, the half-naked guy. So they talk about Lewis liking Fantana and him thinking that like he really wants to go on a date with her and all of this, like he's attracted to her. Great. But if you recall from the previous episode... Lewis tells us that he he doesn't like Diamond because him and Diamond have an ex in common. So when you hear that he likes Fantana, and you're already thinking that, okay, Fantana probably had sex with Diamond. And you're thinking, so clearly you two are into the same kind of women. Because... <laughs> He's already beat you to the punch. Like, he's already hit that. Literally. <laughs> so it's just like, 
if you were just thinking in your head, if only you knew what Fantana has already been doing with the person you say you don't like because you share an ex. Anyway, they're back to the ladies. And they're still painting. Then Annie comes. And we see actually Annie says hello to Zari. Weird. Because if you saw anything from last season, this is really weird. And Fantana says, ends up asks, like saying to everybody, you know, say your favorite thing about each other. And all I'm thinking to myself is, Fantana, honey, now is not the time. There's tension in this group. They don't like each other at the moment. And you're new here. So it's just, yeah. Even although I believe she's the one who invited everybody to paint this half-naked man. So, you know, yeah. So then back with boys, he starts, Lewis starts talking not only about the fact that he has a crush on Fantana now, but he's kind of saying that he kind of just wants all the women. And then I'm starting to think, okay, sir, you're thirsty. And this is when the looks for him started to slowly dwindle. I'm like, okay, you're not so cute anymore. I'm like, shish. This is the moment where I'm like, please just stop, stop, stop. You're inserting your foot into your mouth. But anyway, then we're back with the girls. So we're doing this lot of back and forth. And Fantana and Bohang, Bo Bonhang, sorry, I know I was saying her name wrong, but they they talk about their issues and you know, one thing, we know we were friends and then we weren't and yeah, I did hear that guy, but like, so, and it's a lot of back and forth situation. It's like, don't let a man come between you. But that's, that's really what caused their friendship to end. Don't let a man come between you. It's not worth it. Um, and then Diamond gets brought up in front of Fantana, and you can see Fantana's like, oh boy. <laughs> Don't want to talk about Diamond right now. Especially because Zari is there. Don't want to talk about Diamond right now. But just one thing that I want to make sure that I mention, because again, there's another thing that kind of goes throughout the season and makes sense for what's about to happen also at the end of the episode is Lewis, while playing basketball with everybody, tells all the guys that he was holding this event and he actually invited Bohang, Bo, whatever, to to the event to speak at the event. So he's telling everybody he knows her. And he said that unfortunately, because he kind of screwed up the scheduling of hotel rooms, I believe, and then something to do with the weather or whatever. But anyways, he messed up on the scheduling of making sure he blocked off rooms and stuff for people to book. She ended up not being able to go because she had, like, yeah, she ended up being able to go because of this, because he screwed up. So then you kind of see, okay, 
this out. And it's a very innocent conversation that he had um, with everybody. But this is obviously something that happened. So later on, we see that Tupapa and Andale are meeting up to talk about everything that's been going on in his life and trying to get his perspective on everything. And of course he's like, you know, stressful, blah, blah, blah. And that ain't my baby and all that kind of situation. And that he's, I think he does mention like it saddens him that it is something that's coming up because he's worried about his children and his wife and, you know, he'll handle it. He can handle it, but he's thinking of them. And then Lewis shows up. And I can't remember if anyone else shows up. I believe, oh yes, Naked also shows up as well. So we have these four men here. And, you know, they're talking and getting to know each other. And in this moment, Lewis tells us that he wants to have a kid by 30. But also says that he does not want to be in a relationship. So then I'm thinking to myself, okay, so how do you get the child done? (laughs) Like... I guess in one way, we always think about from the woman's perspective, if we don't have a man in our life, we'll figure it out on our own, whether it's, you know, adopting is harder as a single person, but, you know, I'll do IVF and I'll do this myself. Like, I don't need a man to do this, but I guess you never think from a man's perspective of like, okay, well, if I don't have a child uh, or I don't have a relationship, but I want the child, then, you know, and then I want to figure that out and, and make that happen. So I do commend him a little bit on that. However, that's about as far as it goes, because then I had a, this was also another reason why I'm like, okay, all your points that you had with me have now f- dropped to the floor. I have now tossed them onto the floor because this man actually has the audacity to say that he wants to have a kid by 30 and he doesn't want to wait anymore. And I believe he's I think he's 26 or 27 at this point and he says to the guys my clock is ticking that's thinking let's say it again he says my clock is ticking and i said to to myself your clock is ticking sir you're you don't have a biological clock and okay i'm insert soapbox here (laughs) i'm a woman in my 30s and this is something that you think about as a woman in your 30s who wants to potentially have children and you say my clock is ticking because i'm going to get to a point where scientifically, by the time you are 35 years old, well, now you're considered geriatric as a woman, right? And that's angering. But in scientific purposes, you get told, well, your eggs slowly start to dwindle every year after 35, or maybe it's every month. I don't even know. Yeah, but I think it's, it, I, I don't I can't remember the how long you're told this even every I think it's every cycle at this point but it's like you get told this by the time you're 35 and then you hit like I don't know it's 37 38 oh it's even less oh then now you're a 40 year old woman oh it's even less 
good luck trying to get pregnant if you're 40, is what you get told. So, sir, our clocks as women are ticking if we want to have our biological children. Now, for men, yes, can it happen where your sperm count can dwindle? You know, yes. Can you have other factors that happen? Yes, you definitely can. That's neither here nor there. I am not questioning that. But usually, as long as you are a healthy man, you take care of yourself, and you don't have any other hereditary factors that can factor into whether or not you'll have semen and not the count issues or whatever, or sperm count issues, as long as you're good. Sir, at 30 years old, you're your prime. You don't have to worry about your clock ticking or something. You don't have the same worries that women have. That's just scientific. Men don't have the same issues that we have to worry about. So when he said that, very angry when I heard him say that. I'm thinking to myself, you logically probably don't have to worry about whether or not your sperm count is where it should be until you're like 50 or 60, maybe even longer than that, just depending. You don't have to worry about that. But but for women, when we're 50 or 60 and we don't have children, we can have our own children. It's now done. For those people who watched Angela Dean try and figure out what was going on with her egg situation, they told her her uterus was beautiful, but she didn't have an egg. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, and she was probably no more than 50 or 51 at that time. So that just kind of goes to the show again. And there was probably other factors as well, but you, she was done. She had hit menopause. She hadn't had a period for, I think at that point, she said two years. You're done at 50. So for you to say, for women who are going to be watching this show and say, my clock is ticking, my patience has ran thin, <laughs> is basically what I was thinking to myself. And that's kind of when I was like, you douche canoe. Like, I was so upset, as you can tell. So upset. But enough of my soapbox. I'm now stepping off of it. So Swanky, Fantana, and Bohang, they meet up. A lot of meetups, guys. <laughs> so nothing really happens here in terms of this conversation. But, you know, she said that she wasn't gonna say anything and I think she was referring to Nadia like she wasn't gonna talk to her or say anything to her she was just gonna have enjoy her time with everybody and you know painted a half naked man but later Swanky goes to see her I guess at her apartment and this is where he tells Boeing about what Lewis said the only difference is he didn't exactly say what Lewis said. Swanky ended up saying that basically because you didn't have the accommodations that you wanted in terms of like, you know, 
know, some celebrities you hear, they have like a list of things that they need to have in the dressing room type situation. It's kind of like that. So he was saying that she didn't have everything that she wanted. And because of that, she didn't go or she, or she left or whatever the case may be. And she says like, no, but I don't know him. I don't remember having to do this. I don't think I was supposed to be there. I think he's lying. And at that, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't not go to somewhere where I'm supposed to be, no matter what may or may not be given to me if I ask for something. So, but as we already can tell, Swanky has lied about what really happened. So, but yeah, that is the end of episode three. We're going to be taking a break here and then we will be going into episode four. Okay, so we are back and we're going to just jump right into episode four titled The Queen Bee. So, Bohang and Annie, they meet up and they talk about this whole situation between Annie and Swanky. And Annie talks about why she is mad. So this is where we're kind of starting to see that there's two very, there's two different stories going on here, but somewhere in the middle, there's the truth. So here's what she says. She says that she wanted to plan something. And this is in regards to this, it's kind of a launch party for the show. So she calls Swanky and they're going to plan this together. This is what she says. So, so far we're seeing, okay, this part of the story is starting to match up with both of their stories. But then Annie says that they should invite people from South Africa because obviously they're going to be doing this in Nigeria. So we should include everybody who's in the show. So then Swanky says, I don't think we should do this now. This is what Annie is saying that Swanky said. And again, we're kind of seeing somewhere in the middle, there's the truth. Makes you wonder, okay, is he saying this because he, you know, heard her side of the story through a phone call? (laughs) That she didn't know he was a part of. So yeah, so she's saying that he's at this, that we shouldn't do this now. Days later, Annie sees pictures of Swanky at this party on, I'm going to assume Instagram, and she had no clue that obviously this party was going ahead because he told her we shouldn't do this. So it makes you wonder, it makes you think, okay, so he probably told you this to take X you out of this whole situation and then still continue to do this party. This comes back again. This little thing that she's saying that this party went on without her knowledge. This comes back. So then we kind of go 
to a different scene and we see that Nadia, Connie, Swinky, and Kaylee are meeting up. So we'll come back to that. But then back with Bohang and Annie, we see that Zari shows up. So wait, are you and Zari now friends, Annie? Because I'm confused. Y'all don't like each other. So how is Zari showing up to... It was a little weird, but Annie brings up the voice note that Swanky sent her when all this drama started. And she kind of says, like, she doesn't appreciate the voice note. She doesn't know why he sent the voice note. Like, why did he send the voice note? She kind of says again about the whole trust thing. She doesn't trust nobody. She kind of brings that up again, and it's like, maybe this is an olive branch to an extent. Why are you so hesitant on taking it? But I think her trust issues go a lot deeper than Swanky. But so then back with Swanky, he talks about his reasons for those no, which again we've talked about already a little bit. Previously, he just felt like he had to send this voice note. They were friends. He's hurt by everything that's going on with Tuvaba and Annie, so he felt some sort of obligation to send this voice note. But then, back with Annie, the ladies say, play the voice note. And Annie plays the voice note. And she says that she feels that he he's being fake. Okay, so here's my thing about Annie playing this voice note. It wasn't necessary. You know what I mean? It wasn't necessary for you to play a voice note that was sent to you in privacy from someone who was your friend trying to be kind to you, I guess, in this moment. It wasn't necessary for you to play the voice note to, well, one person who is his friend and another person who you barely call a friend. It just wasn't necessary at all. I found it actually very childish on Annie's part. I didn't like that at all. Don't. That was, no, I didn't like that. But the back with Swanky and everybody, Nadia actually says that Annie is not her friend. That she doesn't see her as a friend anymore. And then Connie kind of piggies back on that and says that she's upset with Annie. But then Kaylee, and which I agree with what she's about to say, Kaylee actually says, well, Connie, you shouldn't have said fuck you to Annie. Like, though this wasn't necessary. But Connie, you know, kind of makes excuses for her decisions on doing that. But it, um, again, this is not a thing. This wasn't really, um, this wasn't called for. And then back with Annie and everybody there, Annie says, you know, Connie shouldn't have said fuck you to me. That's disrespectful. Why would you say? And I feel like, again, like, if you're, the problem is here is that 
I think Connie is trying to be this peacemaker between Annie and Swanky, when it actually really isn't her business to be this peacemaker between the two of them, because I guess things aren't going the way she wants it to. She just says, fuck you to everybody. Why? Just say, well, that's no skin off my back, and then just move on. But sorry. Actually says that Connie is a snake. And I'm actually like, but why? Why is she a I don't think she's a snake. But why would you say that? But anyway. Next, we're with Tubaba, Annie, Andale, Nadia, Naked, and Kaylee. They're having dinner. And we talk about this whole situation that Tubaba has yet found himself in whether it's true or not. And listen, (laughs) can I just say, if my man said what Tupac was about to say, he would have been slapped across his face. Who the fuck? This man, after being questioned by, mainly I believe Andale was the one questioning him about everything going on. Tubaba actually says, I can make love to love to who I love. So he's saying, if I love you, I can, I make love to you. Okay. I'm making sweet, passionate love to you. But I can fuck whenever. I can fuck whoever. And to him, he's saying, I, fucking is easy. I can fuck whoever I want to fuck and it not mean anything. But if I love you, that's different. Now, I don't know. But I feel like just in my experiences of of this, (laughs) fucking and making love sometimes are literally the same thing. (laughs) I just don't understand his argument, I guess. is like, you, you know what? I don't even know how to, I can't make sense of it because it doesn't make sense. That's the problem. But anyway, this is what he believes. But then at the same time, he's trying to walk it back. And it's like, sir, no, no, no. You dug about five feet down. You can't then get rid of the hole you just dug. You're almost there. You know what I mean? Okay, so I actually said that he, I think Andale was asking questions, but it was actually Nadia that was going hard on him. And he blames Nadia for the things he said. And it's like, sir, maybe yes, Nadia was asking you some questions, but you answered the way you answered. That's not Nadia's fault. That's your fault. And I think like, although Andale may have asked some questions, he actually wasn't coming hard like that. He was actually telling Nadia to calm down. And Nadia wasn't having it. But I think it was also necessary. I think Annie needed to see it because Annie's like, 
the fuck you say? <laughs> she needed to hear that because if this is how your man thinks, that's a problem. And that either needs to be addressed or you need to be like, you need to figure that out on your own. I'm going to walk away while you figure that out. Whether I'm here after you figured it out is another situation, another conversation. But right now, I'm out. (laughs) Because I wouldn't personally feel comfortable with my partner thinking that way. I just wouldn't. I just would not feel comfortable with that. If I felt or it came out that he felt similarly, well, we're going to deal with that. Or I'm walking away. Because our core values don't seem to match. And that's how I feel like with Annie, is Annie's core values and his core values don't match. Like the words of the late, great Tina Turner, honey, what does love have to do with it? Moving on. So then we're with Fantana, Swanky, Sorry, Lewis and Bohang, they're meeting up. And Lewis apologizes. Now, guys, I can't remember who he apologizes to. I don't believe he would apologize to Connie because he didn't really, nothing really happened there. He apologizes, I think, to Bohang. But anyway, before we get into that, though, Zari brings up the voice note that Swanky sent to um to Annie. And she says that, well, she played the voice note. I heard the voice note. This pisses Swanky off. Because it's like, I didn't send this voice note for her to be sharing it with everybody else. Like it's personal. I and I agree with him. But then Bohang talks about what Annie told her about her reasonings for being upset. And Swanky denies it all at this point. He denies everything. But remember, like I said, the the fact that this party went on without her comes back. But at this point, he's denying her, her events as she sees it. Um, but he does tell us that the person on the phone, when he was on the phone, who Annie called, was, I believe it's their manager, not just one of the others. I think it's their manager. Okay, so this is starting to make a little sense why the manager would add Annie to the call because he is their manager and they are planning this event together. So little does this manager know that Annie's about to go off if what Swanky is saying is true. And I'll give my thoughts on this little argument at the end of the season and whether or not who I believe who I don't believe. So again, you know, he says like Annie told the manager she wanted to do the event by herself, that she didn't want Swanky there. He's saying this again. 
And the one thing I'll say is that his story doesn't very doesn't change. Whereas like hers doesn't I won't say it changes, it just we'll get there. <laughs> um but now to me I'm thinking, okay, the timeline is starting to connect. Their stories are starting to connect. Lewis and Fantana, they go aside to talk. And he tells her like he's under her and in a sense, like not like out there, but he says like he's making it clear that he's under her. And pretty much asks, like, maybe we can go on a date. But we can kind of see that Fantana is kind of friend zoning him. Obviously, because as far as we know, at this point, she may or may not have had sex with the diamond at this point. So, Bohane kind of makes it known that she doesn't like Lewis. But at the same time, I'm thinking, okay, but you haven't really confronted Lewis about what you heard. You're only getting pieces of what happened, which is not the truth. Swanky has made this kind of happen. It's his fault that Bohang doesn't like Lewis. I think there is such a misunderstanding, not even misunderstanding, because again, this comes back. This isn't really much of a misunderstanding. It's more of Swanky just fucking, he screwed up this whole situation and made this worse. But then at this point, <laughs> because again, to go back a little bit, because I'm not sure if I actually mentioned this, Fantana pretty much admits to Swanky that something happened between her and Diamond. I don't think she outright says what happened, but makes it clear like something happened. So back here, back to this present, Swanky outs Fantana and Diamond in front of Lewis after Lewis just had a conversation with Fantana. You can tell that Lewis feels very awkward in this moment. Like, goddamn, I just spoke to you, girl. You couldn't have told me. Not that she has to tell him. It doesn't even matter. She doesn't owe anyone anything. If she wants to have sex with Diamond, I guess go for it. I choose differently. But then again, at 25, I chose differently. Probably not. <laughs> I probably would have had fun too. She doesn't owe anything to anybody. She doesn't owe Lewis anything. She doesn't owe Diamond anything. She doesn't owe anything to anybody except for herself. So if she didn't want to tell Lewis that she had sex with Diamond, she doesn't have to. She doesn't have to tell Diamond that she went on a, that she goes on a date with Lewis. If she does choose to go on a date with Lewis, we'll get there. But <laughs> she doesn't have to owe Diamond. She doesn't owe Diamond anything. She doesn't owe anyone anything. Do I agree that Swanky outs Fantana? Um, he's doing it for drama. That's the problem. He is a, he is a queen. So, yeah. <laughs> so then Zari brings up Nadia. And is talking, I guess, about Nadia. And my thing is, I think that she's kind of bringing this up in a sense that Diamond was kind of into Nadia, but like that's done and over with. 
I don't know why she's bringing that up. But then again, she's bringing that up because she doesn't realize what's going on with Fantana and Diamond. Otherwise, she would zero in on Fantana. This also comes back. But, you know, in one breath, Zari is acting like she doesn't care what Diamond does. Diamond can do whatever Diamond wants to do. She's in one breath says that. But on the other hand, you're like, okay, but are you actually jealous? Like, do you actually want Diamond to do him while you do you? It's this weird thing that she has with him. Although she doesn't want to admit that this isn't about them co-parenting. There's something very odd going on. But after Swanky had outed Fantana, this is again where you start to be like, oh God, you just really dislike Lewis just a little more. Because Lewis says to Fantana, don't be known as Diamond's side chick. And this pisses off not only Fantana, but it also pisses off Bohang. But then you're also thinking, Bohang, you're mad about something that Swanky miscommunicated. And I want to, in this moment, you want to know what is Swanky's motivation to kind of fuck with Lewis the way he is. What's going on there? But all answers to this will have to wait because this is the end of the episode. So um, for those who want to watch the show along with the coverage, we'll cover episodes five and six in the next episode. So by all means, please watch the show. It's a very good show. People are nuts. <laughs> um, but yeah. So we will be covering those shows. So, if you liked what you heard, please rate, review, which you can do on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can subscribe, follow, whichever terminology is with your favorite podcast app, you can do so. And again, if there is a podcast app that we are not on that you prefer, please let us know and I will make sure that we get that added onto your favorite podcast app. And with that said, you can listen to us on YouTube if you prefer to listen to things on YouTube. If you're a avid YouTube user, we are on YouTube at Reality Tea Times 2. The information for that will be in our show notes. You can follow us, like us, whichever (laughs) terminology on your favorite social media website. We are on Facebook and Instagram currently at Reality Tea Times 2. All information for that is in our show notes. We do have a very beginner website where you can listen to the episodes, and you can also get access to our social media, and I believe YouTube as well, on our website. The website link is in our show notes. And again, if you like what you hear, please share with all of your friends and family. All of that just helps us get pushed through and helps us with our growth. We greatly appreciate it. 
everything. We greatly appreciate all the listeners that we currently have, but that's it for me for now. Until next time. Bye.